Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of the EFL Fantasy Podcast. My name is Jamie. My name is Angus. And my name is Dan. And we're here to review Game Week 27. It says 27, and yes, it does say in yeah. front of me. Um, yes, yeah, so the usual, as we do every week, we will go through our scores, go through Game Week 27, talking about the key talking points, let's say, from all the games, and then we'll get into some Twitter questions and try and think of the format of the actual podcast <laughs> now. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, just the usual thingy-majiggy. I have fully lost my words tonight. Um, right, um, how are you two? Yeah, all good, thanks. Um, good weekend of football and uh, mostly the right results, so yeah. But you done? Well, it wasn't the right result for me, for me and you, Jamie, was it? It never is for me, Dan, so I'm just <laughs> used to it now. I don't even get pissed off about it anymore. Um, but yeah, let's get into our scores and just see how we got on. Um, for those that are watching on YouTube, you'll notice that um, I've spent a bit of time to try and just do some graphics. You might think they're good, you might think they're crap either way. I hope you enjoy them. Um, so, first one is me. So, I scored 72 minus 4, giving me a 68 net score. Um, I transferred out Wallace and Stewart, brought in Chair and Ben, ben Brereton Diaz, who had family issues, apparently. I did stick the armband on him because I thought I was being clever, bringing him in before um, Rotherham and Bristol City. Um, quite happy with the score though, as you can see on the screen, Johansson with a seven-pointer. We'll get on to Jaden Bogle a bit later, but um, 17 points from him, eight from Matson, vice-captain on NDI for 15, chair with a six, and that was about it really. Um, next team is yours, Angus. Um, I can see you've got 71 minus four. Do you want to talk to us about your team? Yes, obviously... Uh... A mixed result, I would say, for me. Um, you know, the big thing for me being selling Pookie and him scoring 19 points. And uh, in the 96th minute of uh, Hull's game, I thought, this is an absolute disaster. Um, Estupinian scores, who I brought in for him, who went from a 2 to an 11 with his 98th minute goal. So it was still bad, but felt <laughs> slightly less bad. Um Giles in, got a nine. I already had Johansson, who got seven. And DI captain for 20. I brought in chair, who got six. Vice captain Stewart, which was only three, which given that they got a man sent off after about 20 minutes, I'm not necessarily surprised by. Um, Jones, I did have starting, but he auto subbed off, and I'm sure we'll cover him later. But um, small green arrow, um, which after the number of red arrows I've had recently and how bad I thought it was going to be when Pookie was hauling, um, I'll take that. Yeah, definitely. It's always nice to get a green arrow, Angus. And then, Dan, your team? Uh, so I got 65 this week, uh, which was a one-place green arrow up to 132nd. Um, my two free transfers I did... Uh, Wallace and Barlassa to Saar and Chair. Uh, this is planning for um, blank game week 29 when they both have a fixture. Um, I had Captain NDI for 20, Vice Stewart for 3, uh, Wilson 4, Giles 9, Bree 3, Armatodvic got his 4 points as always, Chair for 6, Saar for 10, Diallo 2, Akpon 2, Victor 2. So, yeah, I think I'm set up quite well and that's four captains in a row that I've got correct. So, quite happy where I am. So, and a green arrow. Good stuff. And we haven't got the pod team here because I need this in a certain format. So, me and Angus created a league so I could get that, but it won't allow me to view the league until the next round of games. So, um, the pod team will be visually on the YouTube next week. But Angus, if you could just tell us um, how we got on this week. Yeah, so 67 minus four, which was um, third place, I think, uh, this week. 
Um, very close this week. Guys on Gaffer got 68 and the community team got 67. And obviously we had a net of 63. Um, so quite condensed this week. We had Johansson in goal. Um, we had Matson for eight. We captained NDI for 20. Chair vice captain for nine. Jordan Rhodes, five. Um, not much else in there, but um, it's a green arrow for the pod team. The pod team is now 254th, so uh, yeah, not bad. I can't believe I'm actually beating it, Angus. <laughs> that's always nice. Right, then let's get into the first of our featured games then. And this one was Luton 2, West Bromwich Albion 3. Um, so if those on YouTube, you can see some of the key points that we've put on there and Dan and Angus is going to discuss them. Dan, um, before we talk about them though, obviously you were at the game. Just yep. give us a bit of talk about that. Yes, yeah, so uh, team news qu- uh, quickly. Luton uh, Clark was back in centre mid. Uh, surprisingly, Bree played right centre-back and Doughty continued at right wing-back, even though we had two centre-backs on the, on the bench. Uh, for West Brom, uh, it's pretty much the same lineup, but DK started with uh, Asante out suspended. Um, Luton started really well, went 2-0 up, um, but it, it, it wasn't a comfortable whip. We basically scored from like our two chances, and and then West Brom, um, they just basically ground us down. Uh, they're the best team I've seen live this season. Um, although I think a couple goalkeeper mistakes in the third, we didn't pick up Townsend. Um, yeah, I was a bit disappointed with Swift. He went off fifty fifth minute, so. I'd be looking to sell if if I had Swift, to be honest. Uh, Wallace was dangerous as always. They sort of, quite a lot of the time, have end up with a three-on-two on the wide areas. Um, and obviously that enables Wallace or um, Phillips to get in crosses, which we struggled with all, all match. Um, so I, th- I think we played... Um, it wrong. I think we should have played a centre back and put Bree right wing back. But I think because Doughty's done so well, he didn't want to drop Doughty. Um, but he struggled defensively. I think you've mentioned a couple of times he's not great defensively, and it, it showed um, showed uh, yesterday. But it's, it's disappointing. But I think West Brom are easy going to get in the playoffs, and if they weren't that far behind, I think they could could catch Burnley or, or Sheffield United. Um, main key talking the point, what that I want to discuss is Bree's contract. He's out of contract in the summer. Edwards confirmed it. Uh, he's been linked with Southampton. Obviously, Jones knows uh, him. He brought him to the club permanently. Um, so it's just whether they're going to pay the fee that Luton want. If not, he'll he'll go in the summer or he'll go in January. So, yeah, we might be losing the best gaffer asset, defensive gaffer asset. But, um, yeah, I know Angus wants to talk about Morris. Yeah, just before you do, um, I thought you were going to say breathe the best right back in the league then. No, no. Um, I've seen he's been linked with Fulham as well, and we've got um, a graphic for tweets from Luton Town Exile. I don't know if you know them guys. Dan, I just found yeah. it when I was searching for it. They put a poll out saying with alleged interest from Fulham and Southampton, how likely do you think it is that he'll leave for a fee in this window? So obviously you discussed that he's out of contract in the summer, so if he's going to go, you could get a fee for him now. Um, 42% of the people that voted on that poll said it's very likely that he will leave this window for a fee. Um, 36% 50-50, 17% said unlikely, and four percent said never happening. So, what are your what's your prediction? Do you think he will go this window? I, I think I think that we'll have a set price, and it'll be quite probably more than you would expect for six months contract. Um, because we're run profitable, uh, we don't need to sell anyone. Plus, we got the Jones money for him compensation so we'll have a set figure it's not gonna be like a ridiculous i guess it's between like three five million 
if they offer that, he'll go. Um, but well, Bree's not going to turn down a Premier League club, so yeah. I'm if it gets for me personally, I would if it's going to happen, I, I want it done soonish so we can get a, a good replacement in. Yeah, with our and one last question on that topic then. Um, if you don't own Brief for whatever reason, would you be holding off bringing him in based on yeah, this transfer yeah. speculation? Yeah, he could go any day. Right, okay, that's that then. Um, Angus, you wanted to talk about Carlton Morris. Now, you told me what you wanted. I put a nice picture of Carlton Morris on there. Did I Is forget to put how many... <laughs> points he scored in the last four and who the next four fixtures are of course I did this is because I rushed this slide last night because I completely forgot about this game so apologies for that everybody but Angus is going to get us through Carlton Morris yeah so obviously uh, you know, Carlton Morris has done very well this season I think to be honest he probably would have been owned by a lot more people I probably would have owned him more than I did if it wasn't for all the doubles that other players have had where yeah. it's it's just made it you know, made it um, not less viable to own him, but more players slightly more attractive because of the the doubles and everything. But I mean, he's he's the second. I think it's the what third top scorer in the division or something. He's got eleven goals, five assists. Um, you know, in terms of what you were forgetting, he's got thirty points in the last four. Now, obviously, that is helped by I think it was a nineteen pointer against QPR. Um, but you know, he still did well enough to get a nineteen pointer. So. Uh, if I remember not... correctly, yeah. Angus, he was a two, a nineteen, a two, and a seven. It was. My memory yeah, yeah. isn't my strongest <laughs> points, Angus, so I'm glad I've got that right. Yeah. Um, so obviously, you know, but if he's if he's getting you an attacking return one in two, um, then you're pretty happy if you're getting that from uh your striker. Um I also thought he was worth mentioning because there is a possibility of Luton having a game in twenty nine. Obviously, it depends on the the FA Cup replays this week, but you know there is a possibility. And I mean, even if they don't have the twenty nine game, I know it would be a bit of a luxury, depending on what people want to do. They play Wigan this game week, this coming game week. Um, they're due to play Cardiff in the blank, um, and then they play Stoke in uh, thirty. That's three excellent fixtures. <laughs> So even if the, he doesn't have the Cardiff game, even if there's a blank, his next two games are Wigan and Stoke. Now, is there uh, better fixtures on paper that you can have for a striker who's in form? Uh, not many, aside from maybe playing Rotherham. Um, but we'll get know, on I, know, to I know they had the big win, but otherwise, you know, you'd still say them. Um, and it's not a terrible run afterwards. They then play Coventry, Preston, um, Burnley, which obviously isn't great, and then have a double. So it's just, depending on obviously the replays, because you might want to prioritise other players, I just think he's a really good option. And I can say from earlier in the season, he's a great own. Now, I hate it. the one thing I hate about recording this podcast is I always get like, talked <laughs> into buying players, not intentionally by yourselves. Yeah. But when you put it like that, I'm thinking to myself, where am I ranked? Something like 195th? My season's over. I don't need to be bringing in like Huddersfield players for this double. <laughs> I don't want Huddersfield players on my team. So I might as well go different. Now, them fixtures in his form sounds like something I might need in my team. Yeah, I mean, look at it this week. You could have a Huddersfield striker. I mean, you're, you're looking at, what, Jordan Rhodes or Martin Waghorn um, for a double or Carlton Morris against Wigan. There you go. I'd take Carlton Morris any day. But it's even the fixtures after them, you know, what yeah. was it, Wigan-Stoke, but even the Coventry and the Preston game, I still bank yeah. him to score in them games. He scored two against Coventry early in the season. And then you wouldn't be totally surprised. Like, I wouldn't bring him in before playing Burnley, but if you had him in your team, you know, you'd play him, and you wouldn't be totally surprised if he did actually score a goal against them. Yeah, and then, he's, and then after that, he's got the double. So it's like you can actually bring him in and hold him for a little while. Colton Morris and my team confirmed. Thank you very much, <laughs> Angus. Um, and the viewers might be thinking, why aren't we talking about West Brom when they've just won 3 2? Um, it's just because we spoke about them so much over the last few weeks. 
we don't want it just to be repetitive, just saying the same things over and over again. Nothing new has arisen with West Brom. Still exactly the same situation as the last few weeks, so we thought we'd skip that. We know how good they are, and then we'll move on. And talking moving on, we'll go to the next game, um, which was David Wagner's first game in charge, which Preston nil, Norwich 4. So, obviously, new manager bounce. It's only one game in. Still a bit of a wait and see. Uh, but two talking points that we wanted to bring up was Timo Puki. Um, and Angus would like to talk about Josh Sargent. Um, but I will start with you, Dan. Um, Puki obviously got two goals and an assist. Yep. Good for those who own Timo Puki, wasn't it, Angus? <laughs> yes, very good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but what were your thoughts regarding Puki, Dan, and Norwich even under Wagner? Yeah, so um, this was the... He, he had the FA Cup game, but uh, this was the first game. And um, I was surpri- I'll start with Preston. They, they, I was surprised with their wing backs. They had Brady and Fernandez on the bench. They had Brown and Hughes, um, and their strikers because Reese is injured uh, out all season. They started Cannon and Woodburn on the on the up front, and well, they made subs during the first half, so it they it obviously didn't go great. Um, Norwich were four three three. Um, Sergeant was apparently in midfield with Dowell and Hernandez either side of, of Pukki. Um, we've mentioned before that the balance of their team has not been right when they've been playing. It, it was quite obvious when Luton played them um, recently. And it was wingers, to be honest. I thought their only winger is Hernandez, but they've been trying to play either Sergeant and... And Pookie up front, it just hasn't really been working. But um, Wagner basically just went back to 4-3-3. Pookie is the main man up front, had creative players on the wings in Dow, who's always been... He's always been a talent, but he's always a bit flaky. He's never got a consistent run in the championship. I, I don't know what you guys have thought about that. And Hernandez could be next level, as he yeah. Hernandez could be the best wing winner winger in the league at some times, and then he just can't get past anyone. So, um, but Pookie did get two goals and an assist, and we've had this debate all season about Pookie. Like at times, I've had him, I haven't had him. I didn't bring him in recently, where where you did, Angus, but I, I can see why you did. Um. And it's just one of those things where, because there's certain, like the blank game week, you thought you'd get ahead with a whole striker with the fixtures and it's backed fired on you just for planning. Um, but yeah, Pookie's the one I've, I've, I've got my eye on. Um, but it'll probably be a wait and see because we've got to navigate the 28 and 29. Um well, I think that's a perfect opportunity, really, to have a look at them because you you don't want to be making their moves right now, do we? So it gives us that two to three weeks to have a look at them. I mean, they've got Coventry yeah. away in 28. Um, they are down to play Birmingham. If Birmingham... Wednesday, but they've got Forest Green. Yeah. So if Birmingham lose to Forest Green, that game goes ahead. If they win, that game's off. Yes, and that replay is this week, isn't it? Tuesday, Tuesday, I think. Tuesday yeah. And it's 17th, wasn't it? I think they're all on Tuesdays. I think they they might have moved one for TV coverage, but um, I know they were all due to be Tuesday. If that game goes ahead, obviously that's good. They play in 29. But then they've got Burnley in 30. But then do go to Bristol City in 31. So it is a wait and see. But from what I watched of the highlights last night, um, I mentioned it to you guys, um, if you see the first two goals, there's at least five Norwich players in the Preston box um, for the goals. Um, I can't even remember the third one now, but Pukki's second is kind of ball over the top, Pukki gaining behind. Um, so it's definitely interesting to see how... That's a typical Pukki goal. Yeah, and criminal of Preston to just leave one man on him um, on the halfway line. You just don't do that. Um, but then the other talking point is... 
what you wanted to discuss, Angus, is we noticed on a lot of the live score sites that Norwich were playing a 4-3-3 and Josh Sargent was in midfield. And that was even confirmed by a Twitter account called The Yank Watch, um, who put Josh Sargent is playing in midfield. What the fuck, Wagner? Um, what were your thoughts on this, Angus? So I thought it was interesting because I think one of the things with when I've watched Josh Sargent play is whether he's playing up front, out wide, he gets through a lot of work, particularly defensively, and can get up and down the pitch or across the pitch or whatever. And so theoretically, as an eight in midfield, you can see the potential logic with that sort of defensive work rate, but then ability to break forward, potentially run with the ball. Not necessarily the most amazing passer, but can get up in support from a midfield position but do that tackling work. Um, I mean, some people will immediately make jokes to about Joel Linton at Newcastle. Yeah. But I think there's probably a similar thought process there, to be honest. Um, and, you know, you look at his heat map and there's there's patches all over the pitch, um, even despite him being in that midfield position. And I think that's something that he can he could potentially give them in a midfield three is that sort of running, he'll still give you the defensive work rate, which you don't necessarily often see from a striker, but he'll always be looking to break forward from midfield, which in a 4-3-3, you always want at least one player breaking forward from the midfield. And so if you've got someone like Sargent in there, he's always going to be looking to do it. So it's also on the face of it to people, they'll look at Sargent playing in midfield, you know, while being a striker in the game and thinking, I'm not going to touch that. It's sort of like, you know, opposite OOP but I don't think it's necessarily the worst thing for him and it actually I think it might be a good way for him to get more minutes than he might otherwise get for the rest of the season if he plays uh, some more minutes in midfield yeah especially with you know there's Puki and Ida there as well um, I did see someone I think it was the Norwich fan reply to somebody on Twitter last night saying it was natural 4-4-2 Sargent played up front with Puki but dropped in on that holding midfielders off the ball, but that makes I, sense. But looking at the heat map, it, it, that doesn't indicate that he is a bit he is everywhere. Yeah, so I mean, it, it it might well be different. It you know it looked plausible enough to me that he was playing that midfield role, and I can cert like say as as I sort of said, I can understand how it would work if he is playing further up the pitch. Then fine, but it was also just saying that if he even if he is in that sort of role. I don't think it's necessarily a problem for him. My guess is that they've changed that tweet the system multiple times throughout the games, throughout the yeah. game. Sorry, because you know there's part of a seat map where it looks like you know he's it's a lot of it's in the penalty area, but then there's a lot of areas where he's in his own box. He's down by the right back area. Um, so if you're playing up front, you'd I'd be very surprised if I saw. Saw him down in the right back area, so I think it might be worth watching over the next few yeah. weeks. Um, it'd be nice. I'm not sure of the TV schedule, but it'd, it'd probably be nice to watch a Norwich game on TV, watch a full ninety minutes, and get a clearer picture. But either way, um, like you say, it's probably guaranteed to get more minutes, um, and that's always a positive thing if Josh Sargent's getting more minutes as a gaffer asset. Um, our next featured game then. Here's the one I had the pleasure of attending was Sheffield United 3, Stoke 1. Um, obviously, one of the key talking points is not about Stoke. Um, it can only be about one man, can't it, Dan? And that is Jaden Bogle. Before we yeah. talk to him, though, um, anything worth noticing regarding lineups, etc., from this game? Uh, just for Sheffield United, Bogle and Lowe, in my opinion, the two best wing backs played this match. Um, obviously you've got Bulldog and Ender Stevens. Uh, I don't know why was Bulldog injured, Angus? Or was he on the bench? Um, I don't think so. But he might have been. I don't know. I haven't seen anything since, so uh, yeah, I I can't say for certain. Well, he wasn't um, on the bench for the game. Yeah, so maybe he was injured. And if he's out for a while. <laughs> Jamie's gone there about two weeks early and it's paid off. That's like the only move that's paid off for you. (laughs) Um, 
Obviously, we're not going to discuss Sheffield United detail because they are one of the other teams along with Burnley, West Brom, Middlesbrough. We talk about every single week, um, so we don't want to repeat ourselves. But we just thought Jaden Bogle was worth mentioning because obviously he's got two goals here. Um, slightly lucky in the way that they went in, but a goal's a goal. He got himself into the position to actually put it in the back of the net. But as all the listeners know, I'm a massive Jaden Bogle fan. I think he's absolutely fantastic. So it was inevitable he was going to score against Stoke, wasn't it, while I'm there? Um, <laughs> and this, the first one, he's come celebrate. I'm sitting right by the corner flag as well, with just three rows up, and he's come celebrating. And, you know, the two not down at this point. We knew we were going to lose before the game, especially when MDI scored early. Um, but, you know, there's a little bit inside me that was dancing for him for my boy Jaden. I have invited him round my house for tea on Thursday on Twitter, but <laughs> he hasn't replied to me yet. But that would be nice if he does come so we can discuss that goal. But we know he's a great asset from last season. He's had injury troubles, which has basically derailed the season, really. He's been out for most of it. Um, but what are your thoughts about Bogle as an asset, Angus? You know, I took Gamble, went there early, but that was just because I've got a shit rank. If you were up there, would you be bringing Jaden Bogle in any time soon? Yeah. Particularly if Baldock's going to be out for any length of time because they're clearly better with him in the team. Um, and, you know, I mean, I, I wouldn't necessarily go this week because I think people are going to be focusing particularly ahead of game week 29 where we know Sheffield United blank. Yeah. First game after the blank, they've got Rotherham. Yeah, which uh, is Rotherham nice. beat them. And then Swansea at home. Yeah, I mean, Rotherham beat them earlier in the season in one of the most confusing games I've ever watched. I sat and watched it and I still don't understand. Uh, but, um, but, you know, they do have Rotherham in game week 30 as a potential entry point. Um, and, you know, um, they their double is in game week 35. Yes. Um, and before that, they do have a rough few fixtures which is the one issue there they do play sort of Middlesbrough Millwall and Watford in the run up to the double um, which isn't necessarily bad for them because you know those other teams could potentially have issues with Sheffield United but yeah. it, it's where you might want to sort of think twice about it because of those fixtures. And that's where I think a lot of people won't go there because they'll look on the fixture difficulty rating on Gaffer and see Middlesbrough at home and Reds Millwall away in red and Watford at home in red where I especially this with certain players I, I just think forget the fixtures like you know Sheffield United yeah. are a top top side he is a top top fullback um, who's liable to get you well he's, he has the potential to get you a lot of gaffer points so my advice I, you know ignore that with someone like Jaden Bogle if, like, if you need a Sheffield United defender you know why not Dan, do you agree, or would you be put off by them fixtures? Not so much the fixtures. It's, it's annoying because I've got Armand Hovic, and a lot of people do have this, or will have this situation. It'll be like, are you going to waste a transfer going from him to Bogle when we will have doubles coming up and, and things like that? planning for them so it's going to be like is it an essential move it might get to the point where it is like you will just have to do it all or have both but i think that's another reason that'll put people off because you're, you're guaranteed four points with armatovich every single week he gets four points yes so obviously the ceiling's higher with bogle but yeah. if you've already got him is it worth the transfer i think you know it'll get to a point you know if Bree stays you're looking at what you want Ian Matson, James Bree, Giles, Giles, Bogle West Brom, potentially, yeah, and then a West Brom. Depending like you can't have them all, can you? So it's all about timing, probably, and team dependence. Um, we'll go on to our next featured game then, which was Rotherham four, Blackburn nil in the early kickoff. Um, those on YouTube can see there's a picture of Sean Morrison with a Rotherham scarf on, and a massive brick wall behind him. And they might be thinking, why have you put a massive brick wall behind Rotherham? Well, Angus is going to tell us why I may have put that on there. Yeah, I mean, I just wanted to talk about their their defensive recruitment because I do think 
it's interesting. Now, it's tough to say with Blackburn because, as Dan will talk about, their their attacking numbers aren't necessarily great. Um, but I think it's interesting that they've they've made what I think are a couple of solid additions. I mean, we know Sean Morrison. He's getting a bit older. He's, he's spent a lot of time out injured recently, but very solid championship centre-back. Um, Leo Hjelda, who they've just brought in from Leeds on loan, um, I know. I know he's sort of you know viewed as quite promising, um, and they played a set, uh, back four that was basically four centre backs, um, which I think might be a way, particularly just playing a conservative back four, might be a way to help some of their struggling defensive numbers. Now we'll only know this as we go through more games, particularly as Blackburn, particularly Blackburn without Ben Burrett and Diaz, are not necessarily the best measure of this. But it's just something where it could help them with some of those additions to just shore things up a little bit. And if I know Sean Morrison is is getting up there in age, but if they're not having to rely on you know fifty year old Richard Wood as their best centre back, that would obviously be very handy for them. Um, so I think that that's sort of potentially handy for them. Um, while I'm discussing this, I will just confirm because I've seen it uh, mentioned. Uh, Brereton Diaz missed the game for the birth of his first child. No, that, that's a terrible excuse, Angus. I'm not being funny. People bought that man and put the armband on him, and he <laughs> thinks it's okay to go watch his child be born. <laughs> oh, the cheek of him. Um, regarding <laughs> Rotherham, then, obviously, we're not saying, you know, goodbye, Rotherham assets, but we're yeah. just saying they might improve so they're not as targetable, let's say, um, like myself, who brings in players and puts the armband on them just because they play in Rotherham. Um, so I have got that picture of a big brick wall, but they do play Watford. Um, it is Watford away next game week, so there's every chance next week there'll be a picture of Rotherham badge and a broken down wall because <laughs> Watford put four or five past them. We're not saying they're going to be amazing defensively. We're just saying it is worth noting um, it looks like they are trying to improve their defensive stats and then talking about stats Dan would like to talk about Blackburn and he sent me this picture that you'll see on the screen there and this is basically got loads of XG number things on which I don't understand at all I'm guessing it means Blackburn is shitty than something I don't but, know if Dan's going to tell us about that but basically um, if, if you listen to the pod every week I I can't believe Blackburn are in the top five. Every time I've seen them, they, they've been terrible. And I know we're a long way during the season now and they're, they are fifth, but the, the numbers show that they're bottom three for like um, uh, XGD, which is basically if you, it's basically like the, the goal difference. So they basically don't create that much and they're actually conceding quite a lot of XG. Um, one of the reasons why they've been doing so well is, well, two of them really is um, Ben Brereton-Diaz is not quite a good finisher and Kaminsky has probably been one of the best goalies in the league. Um, so I wasn't overly surprised especially when Robin went 1-0 up, that they they got a result. But obviously, I wasn't seeing a 4-0 win. But um, I, I think it's just something to bear in mind that Blackburn aren't as good as what what the league tables show. In fact, you, you can probably like target them. So if, you're, if you've got a defender playing them, I'd be playing them 100%. So also what you're seeing then, Dan, is expect Blackburn to fall off. You don't expect I, them to finish up in those playoff places. And I, I think they'll finish bottom half. Bottom half? Yeah. And then you think the top as well. That is interesting. I, I, I tend to agree. Um, obviously, they are having a crazy season. Uh, we were discussing yeah. it last night between the three of us. You know, they're up there because he, they haven't drawn a game all season. So, when you win one and lose one, it's one more point than drawing two on the bounce, let's say. So, yeah, I, I'd, I'd probably agree with you. Um, I have no idea what them XG things mean, um, but, uh, yeah, I do agree that I'd imagine that they would fall away a little bit. 
Um, next feature game then is Burnley 1, Coventry 0. Um, we're not going to talk about Burnley for reasons stated before on other teams. Um, but we wanted to talk about Coventry 1 because well, everybody knows they've got this double coming up um, this game week in 28th. Um, and then they've made some interesting signings, haven't they, Angus? Yeah, so um, you've got uh, Brooke Norton Cuffey, um, so right back or right wing back, who was at uh, Rotherham first half of the season. Um, he's essentially been recalled by Arsenal and sent out to Coventry. Um, and Coventry were obviously really looking to um, sort of recruit in the wing back areas. And they brought in, um, I think his first name's Josh, uh, Wilson Esbrand from uh, Man City on the other side. Um, so those are potentially interesting ones. Norton Coffee in particular, we've seen him sort of be really uh, attacking for Rotherham this season. And so I think if you're putting him in a better team, but, you know, obviously he's been priced up for being at Rotherham, he could end up being a real bargain. Now, it's interesting because I think the reason that we brought this up, Angus, is because, you know, people might be on two Coventry players at the moment and they're looking for that third. We're not saying, you know, these two are now, like, you know, guaranteed start, but it just adds competition. So someone like Adabo, if you're thinking of just trying to go in on the defence through Dabo or even Bidwell, it's not guaranteed that they're going to start now, is it? But we did notice last night... Um, Norton Cuffey did play against Burnley and we were debating what well, we're trying to work out what system Coventry were playing um I think it was about four and uh, Norton Cuffey was playing alongside Palmer behind Victor um but that's up for debate but that's very interesting though if he is because he's obviously classified as a defender do you think that makes him more attractable Dan if he is playing in that position or like we were discussing, well, you two were discussing more last night, do you see him transitioning back into that back three with Panzo? Uh, I don't think he'll... He won't play like a centre-back or anything like that. He, he will play wing-back. We were sort of discussing, because Dabo played, we were, tr- we were sort of wondering if it... Um, Big Well sort of dro- played more deeper to allow... Um, Norton Cuffey forward but um, Angus and I sort of agree that we think um, he's going to be first choice right back it's not guaranteed we've not properly seen it because obviously Panzo is going to come back in 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 defence my guess is Dabo drops out but it it, I just want to say it's not 100% confirmed Um, so maybe Bidwell is the move, but obviously he's he's a lot more expensive. So um, it's a shame we don't have like a couple more weeks just to fully see. But I think he could be a really good putt Norton Cuffey if he is playing, especially like for the price. Yeah, well, I, I think he's four, four, six. four six. Yeah, it's a bargain. And so, yeah, he, even if he's not playing in that more advanced role palm, I still think... If he is playing right wing back um, yeah. at that price and you're looking for that third Coventry asset, um, it could be really ideal. Um, is there anything else you'd like to talk about regarding Coventry before I move on? Um, or should we leave it to that? I actually haven't looked at the questions, but I'm imagining that there's questions regarding them because of the double. I do want to mention something on Burnley. It's only that uh, Harwood Bellis is out injured. I think it's quite a long injury, is it, Angus? A couple of months. A couple of months. So um, they did play Taylor at, um, as a centre-back along with Bayer, who, who scored. And they have signed a defender as well. He's quite young, so I'm not sure if he's going to end up getting in the team. Um, so, yeah, he's done quite well. Um, did Bayer so move be- over to right centre-back then? Yeah, it's all out Taylor to play left centre back. I think that's pretty. You know, it's not bad when you can when you get um, one of your key players injured for months, and you can bring someone like Charlie Taylor into the team. Is it? It just shows what squad depth Burnley have got. Yeah. Right then, moving on then uh, to the next game, and this was Hull One Huddersfield One. Um, 
there's one major talking point coming out of Huddersfield ahead of their double game week in 28. But before we get on to that, Angus, the man you brought in this week, the man who saved you from pure embarrassment and dread of this game, um, Esapunian, what would you like to discuss about him? Um, I just think he's great. I mean, I remember the first time I bought him this season, which was ahead of basically everyone else. I think that was the week he scored a hat-trick. So clearly I have great luck in buying him. So, like, I'm never going to tell you people when I'm buying him because the week I buy him, he does great. So, And then other people buy him and he stops scoring. So uh, I'm not going to tell anyone when to buy him because uh, it will ruin it for me. Um, No, I think, you know, Recently, with their upturn in for, in form, particularly as Rossini has got his messages more bedded in, it has been better for Estupinian. He has looked better. He's got a couple of goals where obviously he'd been in a dry spot before. He'd been left out for a couple of games. Um, and so I think like it could be well set up for him now. Um, so I think that's, that's a big sort of... Uh, a big sort of factor now where I think he's probably back on the table as a, as a real option. Um, so you've obviously just brought him in Angus, but the, uh, the play in 29, which is obviously yeah. probably one of the reasons why you did it then. They got Sheffield United away this week, QPR team in that 29, but then they've got Cardiff and Stoke the next two. So fixture wise, a bit mixed, but, other than the Sheffield United game next, you know, you'd look at him and think possibility goals in them next three, wouldn't you? Yeah, I think that's the thing. Obviously, I've I've gone in when they played Huddersfield, um, where I think if you're going to get him now, you're probably waiting till 29 to buy him. You're not buying him for Sheffield United. Yeah. Um, but I do think you can buy him in 29 and potentially hold him for a little bit, um, particularly if that form remotely continues as well. So what's going to happen then is you you go nearly scored, you'll definitely score against Sheffield United. Everyone will bring him in on twenty nine because we're all short of players and we need someone who's playing and he's going to do absolutely fuck all, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, right, yeah. That <laughs> I can see that coming now. Um, and then Dan, the the big dilemma coming from Huddersfield. A lot of people, well, I imagine it's a lot of people. Uh, probably saved their boost cheapest keepers and we're planning to use it in 28 on Wilson and Nichols. Um, turns out Nichols is now injured. Yep. Um, but what's worse is we, we've had no confirmation he's definitely going to be able to have we Angus for 28. We might as well have. We might as well have. Um, Fotheringham said they're going to be looking for a keeper. So they, they, so he might as well have said Nichols is going to be out for a while because he said they're going to be looking to bring a keeper in. Right, okay. So that makes it a little bit better then because what we didn't want going into 28 was wondering, is he going to play or is he not going to play? Because if you know he's out, they've got the backup keeper, who I'm going to try to pronounce his name, who started against all. Um, Bilo Kapic? No, okay, Bilo Kapic? Some... I think it's Kapic. Kapic. I think it's, yeah. Capic, okay, we'll go with that. 4.5 million. But there's also Schofield on there, and Schofield is on loan. Am I right in saying yeah, that, Dan? Yeah, yeah. He need, he'll be removed soon. So, so don't pick him. Yes, please do not buy Schofield. If you're looking for a Huddersfield keeper and you go on there and you say, oh, lovely, 4.3 million, please do not buy him. He is not there. Or actually buy him, because that'll be quite amusing for me. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, don't do that. But Angus, as it sounds better, you just said there that there's potential that they might be buying a keeper. So if they bring in a keeper this week, it's literally up in the air who would start and go in 28, isn't it? Yeah, and what you've got this the real fun is if they haven't brought anyone in by the weekend, they could bring someone in between the two games of the double. Oh, that's there's no need on that. <laughs> So, I honestly don't know what the best advice is here because before my advice would have been if Nichols is definitely out, then bring him in. If not, go Nichols. But now, can you take that gamble? You know, get in the backup keeper, um, Mio Kapic? Is I he think, playing cheapest keepers? Is he- I think that that's the key question. 
because I think, I mean, firstly, I think what you really hope for is they bring in a keeper before the weekend. Yes, yeah. and then um, <laughs> he's more than likely to play the two games then, isn't he? Yeah. But I think if you're on Jeepers Keepers, I probably wouldn't bother. Um, but say if you don't have Wilson and you're looking for a keeper for the double uh, and you're not playing Jeepers Keepers, I don't necessarily mind going out and getting Bila Kapic if they haven't brought in a keeper by then and just taking the punt on it. But I think in, uh, for Jeepers Keepers, where you want to be making the most of it, it's probably slightly too unreliable for me. What would you... Are you, are you two both on Jeepers Keepers in? Yeah. yeah. Right, okay. I'm not because I've bumped my boosts. Um so what? Where's your head at at the moment, then, Angus? You've obviously just said that, Dan. Are you along the lines of like you might just avoid that and go for someone like? Um, you haven't got Victor Johansson though, have you? You've got no, Amos got, as your backup. Yeah, I've got Amos. Who I think he just got back in the team. Yeah, he, he came back into the team. But he, <laughs> I, I can't rely on that. <laughs> I, um, I would probably just pick what I felt was the best single game week player and just go for them along with Wilson. That's interesting. That is very interesting. I think it's a tough one. It's quite I hope they sign I hope they sign someone like Monday or Tuesday and then it <laughs> it'll be nice and simple. I hope that they bring someone in after the weekend and yeah, it starts yeah. a second like, game. Like announce it on um, like Monday morning or whatever. <laughs> yeah, because what you don't want to do is you, like somebody listening could be going, oh, fuck it, I'm going to have a single game week player anyway playing in GPC. I'll just might as well have him. But the problem then is if they do buy the keeper for the second game, you've got a second choice goalkeeper in your team. Yeah. It's not like yeah. you've got a first choice goalkeeper sitting on your bench. So that's just not a situation you want to find yourself in because then you're gonna you've got to use a transfer on it at some point surely. So yeah, that is worth keeping an eye on this week. Uh, just keep an eye on the Twitter page, um, and then we've just got the other results really. Then that we'll get through quickly, and then we'll have a quick break. Um, so these are Bristol City four, Birmingham two, Cardiff drew one one with Wigan, Middlesbrough beat Millwall at home one 0 Reading and QPR drew two two. Sunderland lost at home 3-1 to Swansea and Watford beat Blackpool 2-0 at Vicarage Road. And I think the major talking point from them games is Isaiah Jones. Um, he's probably going to be frustrating a lot of people other than just us. Dan, you've got him, haven't you? Yeah, he's been frustrating and obviously with them playing in game week 29, I felt like it, it was worth holding him even if he was came on the bench but with him not even being in the squad and it, it sounds like he wasn't in the squad because Carrick purposely didn't pick him in the squad they, they didn't think he was in their best 18 players which is just ridiculous but um, yeah it's looking like he, he's going to be a sell which is a bit frustrating but Middlesbrough are, are such a good team for assets this year I've got, I've got Giles, I've got Akpom. I'm probably going to want to use the third, so I'll, I'll probably just get rid of him. Yeah, that's um, exactly where I'm at. Angus, do you own Jones? I do. So, yeah, you're in the same boat as well. It's unfortunate. Yeah, it's so, um, if he's If he's being left out of the 18 for non-injury sort of injury reasons, then, yeah, got to go. Indeed. Um, other talking points um, from around them games... I think, obviously, Ismail Saar scoring a penalty later yeah. on for Watford. Um, that's interesting from them. Just braces to... for a game of braces, which I'm going to uh, speculate there's some match fixing going on. <laughs> because if you give me a game where Jeff Hendrick scores two goals and Tyler Roberts scores two goals, there's there's something fishy about that. But the best best thing is, who got four bonus? Chair. The chair. Of course it did. <laughs> um, I think one of the major talking points was um, we are recording Sunday night, um, Saturday night, Cardiff sat their manager, Hudson, didn't they? Um, they're in massive trouble. I, I don't know where to start. And I've seen today that Neil Warnock is favourite to come out of retirement and try and save them. It's just a massive mess at Cardiff at the moment, since you stay away from their assets. 
I mean, you finally come out of a transfer embargo and sack your manager halfway through the transfer window. <laughs> it's not a good look, is it? Like, I moan about Stoke, but, you know, I'd be a fan of Cardiff at the moment. So I, do, I do feel for them a little bit. Um, any other talking points you'd like to discuss before we go and take a break? Um, I would just like to mention, obviously, Jamal Lowe went to QPR. Uh, he's been priced as a forward. Um, he started on the bench, but interestingly, he came on for Willock, got an assist. So I know it's if he's playing in midfield, then we probably won't. He won't be a great option. But if he gets that striker position off the bike, he, he could do quite well. I think. I agree. Yes, and yeah, I think that's it then. Um, we'll go take a break and then we'll be back with the Twitter questions. And after that break, we're now ready for Twitter questions, which I'm now calling this segment, Ask the Experts. Um, the experts are obviously Angus and Dan, not myself. I'll be asking all the questions. Um, and the first question is coming from Aaron CPFC. Um, he's asked this one on the Planet FPL Slack, so I might as well give them a plug now. If you aren't a patron already, make sure you go and sign up now. It's a great community, great Slack. If you like FPL, if you like Sky, Gaffer, um, what else is there in there, Angus? There's everything, isn't there? Really? There's world football that the channels for. World football, women's football, yeah, um, every club you could think of, every EFL. League. Yeah. Um, there's literally like 700 patrons now, but like we do have some quite good discussions in there, don't we? I, I do really like the Gaffer channel in there. Yeah. Um, there's some hardcore players in there, so that's really good. So go check them out um, if you haven't already. But Aaron has asked, if you have the triple-triple boost available, which three players would you pick this week? I'll come to you first, Angus. That's a very good question. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I think uh, you have to say Victor. Just because he's got the double, um, definitely. I uh, I, I struggle a little bit after that, <laughs> but I am going to say I don't love playing it on a goalkeeper. Someone like Wilson does make sense though, with having the double. Um, but I'm going to go sort of a bit rogue, and I'm going to say Saar and Carlton Morris. Yes, good. Watford got Rotherham at home, Wooten away at Wigan. I don't think they are bad picks at all. Dan, who would be yours? Um, Victor, Saar and NDI. Ooh, yeah, Sheffield United at home to all. Not a bad fixture at all. Um, I like them. Next question is from Darren, all to reclose. Um, is it true that Jamie was spotted amongst the Sheffield United supporters celebrating Bogle's brace? Um that's not true. I was right next to them and I did um, reply with a picture of Bogle and the Sheffield United players celebrating in front of me. I was celebrating inside. Secretly. Do the clenched I fist. And I, I know I shouldn't. You know, he's just scored against my team, but we'd already lost the game. Um, I love Jaden Bogle, so yeah, I was really happy for him. Um, like I said earlier on, I have invited him round for tea, but I'm still waiting for a response. But I am convinced when he did... Um, his knee slide he's coming do the cookie thing so that was I thought that was an indication of can I come round for tea he then did the knee slide whooped me in the eyes and it was like he said something like that's for you my boo or along them lines I, I just think he's heard that you he like cereal yeah well who doesn't like cereal he can come round for cereal yeah. I thought I'd try to be a bit fancy and say we're having homemade chicken tikka naans which we are but if he wants to come round for a bowl of Frosties, then I am more than happy to sit down with a bowl of Frosties. Could you imagine if he actually replied saying, yeah, fuck it, go on. <laughs> DM me your address. This sheer panic. <laughs> what that do would be unreal. Uh, John Jaco, um, he has asked, is it worth getting on the Dowell train? Also, did you ever try the McCrispy and how bad was it? Right, we'll start with the Dowell train. Angus, are you getting on that or not? No. Not convinced at all, despite the two goals? I think he did well, but I'd want to see 
more than a couple of games in a row with him starting because I think he could just as easily drop out the team after a couple, like back out again. So uh, yeah, I'd wait on that. And Dan, you? Yeah, similar. For someone who I got on the Sinani train at the start. Of <laughs> I told you don't do that. <laughs> That was like one game, I think, or two games. One Does and it a half even count games. as a train? No, it's, <laughs> it's basically just a car. Yeah, I, um, I completely agree with you there. Uh, so, Angus, did you have a McCrispy? I don't think so. Um, I, I certainly don't remember having one. Dan, no? No, I know. Jamie, I know you've had it. Well, this is where I'm going to surprise <laughs> you. John probably thought as well. I haven't. And the reason being, I looked at it so far. Yeah, that looks all right, that does actually. But I'm a tight bastard. I am not paying premium <laughs> prices. Because when they bring these special edition burger things out, you're talking like eight eight quid for a meal. That isn't yeah. happening. I don't go McDonald's to pay eight quid for a meal. So no. I um, I don't even give a fuck about the drinks because the milkshake machine is never working anymore anyway. They're always cleaning it, apparently. So I don't even bother with a drink. So it's double cheeseburger, mayo chicken, whack them together and then my fries honestly if everybody just starts doing that they will love life for the rest of their lives um fpl buddy um this and team the question stop recording on the same days oh unfortunately buddy we were here before you my friend so jog on and record on another day <laughs> <laughs> um billy hadaway which Huddersfield assets would you recommend if any um, I'll start absolutely non Billy, don't waste your time. But Angus and Dan might tell you something different. Um, if they have a goalkeeper in place, go for the goalkeeper. Um, I guess you could go Jordan Rhodes. Um, I think he's the best option if you're going with a, uh, a, an attacking player. And I'd look at um, either Matt Lowton or Mikel Hellick. Dan? Um... I really don't want the hardest field players, but my thought process is if they have a game in 29, which I think means Bristol City have to lose against Swansea in the Cup. Yes, it does. And I will be adding to... I'm definitely bringing in one of the goalies if, it, if the situation is sorted. And I will bring in one more player who I haven't decided, but it will probably be Rhodes or Holmes or Rodoni. What could possibly go wrong with that? A lot. Um, yeah. I hope that he brings a keeper in and then in the presser before 28 just basically does not confirm who's the starting goalkeeper because oh, yeah. he hasn't decided. That I, I just want the chaos because um, it's Friday deadline and six there's two games on. That's box yeah. that is. Why did they put like Burnley West Brom? It's two good games. Yeah, leave that on its own. I want to watch both. There's also Bayern Leipzig that I won't watch as well, so it's a right nightmare for me on Friday night. I was going to confirm for you, I've had a look. Norwich are on TV on Saturday. What what time are we kick-off? Lunchtime. Oh, lunchtime kick-off against Coventry. We're a team, so I will watch all yeah, Coventry. Yeah, lunchtime kick-off against Coventry. Oh, That'll be a good game. That's what we want to hear. We need to watch Norwich for 90 minutes. Um, next question. I'm going to kill your name, so I do apologise. Pateri Anunan. Sounds about right. Apologies if it's not. Um, the same question than last week. Nothing new with Huddersfield goalie situation. Obviously, we've discussed that. Um, follow the leader in triple, triple played. How to use third boost. Answer last week was cheapest keepers. So, I still think that's the... Would be the same answer, wouldn't it? Just obviously be aware of this Huddersfield situation. Yeah, so I mean, if you've got Wilson, um, if if you're just doing Wilson and a single game week keeper, I think that's fine if there's no clarity on the Huddersfield situation. I mean, for example, I'm sat with Johansson. Um, Johansson against Watford. That could be a nice Jeepers Keepers game on its own. Yeah. Dan? Yeah, same as Angus. Um, I would definitely play the Jeepers Keepers. It's just whether you play it on two doubling keepers and we get confirmation for Huddersfield or you have to pick a single game week along with Wilson. Right. Jack Bonham. Go, go for Bonham, Howard. 
I definitely wouldn't do that. <laughs> yeah, because you're not even getting save points because he's just going straight <laughs> through. <laughs> um, last question has come from FPL Forest. Um, can't use Jeepers Keepers now as it's too risky. So do you think I should use another boost for 28 or save it for the overall in 29 where there would be loads of matches on or just two? I have no idea what to do. Um... As I said, I still think Jeepers Keepers um, will know uh, by uh, late Wednesday night. Um, I did check um, Leeds Cardiff is on Wednesday. The rest of them are on Tuesday. Leeds Cardiff is on Wednesday, um, which might be irrelevant because if Luton win, then Cardiff's game will be off anyway. Um, But we'll know before uh, game week 28 what the game week 29 fixtures are going to be. We'll have it all confirmed. So um, in theory, like Jeepers, I, I still think Jeepers Keeps is fine. And I'm not sure there'll be enough of a gain from the overhaul to make that worthwhile. That's what I was going to say. As I, if, if it wasn't Jeepers Keepers, it was another boost. I'd say, you know, the, you could potentially save it because we know now the doubles again announced while they're getting scattered aren't they? Yeah. They're not all in one game week. So you could set yourself up really nicely for them in. Because what, when do they start in 30... 33. So there's, there's confirmed doubles in 33, 34 and 35. Yeah, because then you could set yourself up and then use the free good boosts for them doubles. But Jeepers Keepers, the ceiling is so high on that boost. I just don't think... I think you've got to use it. And like you say, whether it's you using it on a single game week player, you know, anything can happen. They can make four or five saves in that game, save a penalty. I mean, we've we've seen Johansson have like ten save games this season. Yeah, is that yeah? I've, I've seen him make a lot of saves against my own team, Angus. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I had him in goal for um, Liam Delap just gifting me save points. Yeah. So, so uh, pick pick the keeper against Preston. Liam Delap, great for save points. Yeah, there you go. Expert <laughs> advice there. No, um, I don't know his name, but FPL Forest. Um, I would definitely consider using Jeepers Keepers. Um, yeah. I really would definitely consider that. And that is a wrap on all the questions. Um, we're doing well on time, actually, at the moment. That was only an hour, so I think... What we'll do next week is we'll come up with a little segment of like doing like our predictions and stuff. Like try and make it a bit more official, uh, keep tabs of the scores and stuff like that. Um, well, or if you, one of you two want to do that, because I probably won't be asked to keep tabs on that. <laughs> yeah. uh, but um, I will try. Um, we have discussed obviously twenty eight starts on Friday. Um, I'll be back next Sunday. I'm only doing the Sunday podcast now. I'm definitely not doing any more midweek ones just through commitments with the kids and cricket and stuff. But you two have discussed the possibility, if it's needed, that you may do a bonus pod in the week regarding the FA Cup draws, just basically where it leaves us with game week 29, haven't you? Yeah, so I think at the moment the plan, potentially, depending on how it falls, but we'll probably do it anyway, is just to do a brief pod, um, like probably be about 20 minutes or something um once we know the the fa cup draw and thus the tw- game week 29 fixtures just to sort of clarify that for people and talk through the options from each of the teams and that sort of thing perfect so yeah keep an eye on the efl fantasy twitter account for that angus well you run that account anyway so you will announce anything that you're going to yeah. do there um is there anything that i've missed before we say goodbye. And we're not going to do the predictions. I mean, you can do, but it looks a bit shit for like the new YouTube. Ah, oh, I need to plug that. Those who are watching on YouTube, you can see at the end, just give us a subscribe or something or tell your mum about us or something. Just, or, or just, I know a lot of people do prefer like, the audio. Like, you need to listen to it when they walk the dog. Yeah. I appreciate that. I do that myself with Planet FPL. Um, but a lot of people do prefer YouTube and hopefully this podcast today comes out with no technical faults and it went okay for you and if you do like it please do consider subscribing liking and all that kind of thing it, do, it will help us out like reaching a larger audience because the main objective for me personally is getting more people playing gaffer the more people play at gaffer the better 
So, yeah, that. Um, yeah, we won't do the predictions now, Angus, because it'll just look crap for this. But we will do that for next week. Or what we could do is leave it up to the listeners. You tweet us or DM us or whatever you want. Tell us what you'd like as a segment for the last 10 minutes of the podcast, whether it's predictions, a little quiz. I don't know. Whatever you want, we'll probably do it, won't we? Yeah, within reason. Like, if you say something ridiculous, like doing impressions or some shit, we're not going to do it. Yeah, yeah, no, not <laughs> no, just something that's relevant to Rob the pod. Pick. Just something like that. Anything that's relevant to the pod, um, we will definitely consider. But on that note, um, thank you very much for listening, watching, whatever you've done. And we'll see you next time. Goodbye. Goodbye. Unbelievable!